Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Just about 10 minutes after 8 on this Tuesday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric Bilstead of Vince Vitrano here with you until 9 o'clock. What has become more clear since we were with you at this time yesterday is the absolute human tragedy that played out once again on the streets of Milwaukee late into the weekend and uh, just as about we were about to start our work week. And I want, it, I want you to just take a moment and listen to the sound of this human tragedy. This is what it looks like when you, when you don't access, when you don't obey the law. So there's another Milwaukee woman, another mother. Her one-year-old daughter was among the dead in that terrible, reckless driving crash that Eric just talked about in the top of the news. It involved one car going some 80 miles an hour on city streets that ran a red light. Other car where the driver was, according to authorities, drunk just before midnight late Sunday evening. So that was Arnisha Beckworth crying. Her daughter, just a year old, one of five killed in that crash, 60th and Fond du Lac. Actually, there's another person who was very seriously injured in that crash. In fact, critically injured, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yep. You could, we certainly hope for a recovery, but the story could possibly get even worse. The driver, according to investigators, 80 miles an hour, red light running driver, 20 years old, arrested and facing charges, among them homicide by negligent use of a motor vehicle, herself sustaining critical injuries. Now, according to family at that scene of the vigil and balloon release there for the victims last night, that driver was the little girl's godmother. The interviews in a TMJ4 report from that scene. Also killed in this one crash, 15-year-old Michaela Rattler, 15-year-old Mercedes Brown Weeks, 17-year-old Israel Williams, and then a 32-year-old man whom I have not seen identified uh, at this point, but he was among those killed as well. Driver of the second car, arrested on suspicion of OWI. That same night, actually, and this one hasn't gotten a lot of coverage because the other one was just so terrible, but that same night, just about an hour and a half after, the, after uh, that initial accident, 29th and Capitol Drive. We're told the driver hit a tree and then died on the way to the hospital. There were three other people in that car at the time. One of them is in critical condition. So another number of people terribly hurt. One person dead after a person hit a tree on Capitol Drive. Six dead in one night. Six dead. And I'll throw in as well, Saturday afternoon, an 11-year-old child was tossed out of a wrecked car as it slammed into a building at 14th and Galena. The driver of the stolen vehicle took off running, left that badly injured kid behind. Don't see a report as of yet on an arrest in that case, but uh, we'll stick with MPD and try to see if there is follow-up on that through the coming days. So you had that vigil at uh, 60th and Fond du Lac and that crash family members there, obviously, in grief. Sadly, we see too many balloon releases and too many makeshift memorials, and it feels like white noise. But when you have six dead in one night, you know, the conversations come back around. We had it, you had in the news Mayor Johnson, but at what mm-hmm. point, what's, what more is he supposed to say? Yeah, there's only so much you can say at this point. He said, uh, you know, this should be a wake-up call. We should use this as a wake-up call to figure out how to curb some of the reckless driving. We talked a little bit about that stuff before, the the bump outs, you know, the, the red camera lights and that kind of thing. There is this one. I found this interesting, and whether or not it would work in every case, obviously you can argue that. 
But you know how in some areas when you drive, like whether it's on the highway or state highways or even some residential roads, you'll see it where they'll have like a, a radar light come up or radar. It'll say, you're driving 35 too fast. Oh, it's and like it, a speed limit yeah, sign, right? Yep. That's got a gun on it. Yep, and it has says the speed limit and your speed. Yep. And sometimes it'll flash if, yeah. if you're okay. going too fast. You're like, you got to get under 30 or whatever for it to be normal. It'll say thank you or something like that. Well, in uh, TMJ4 has this interesting story about how... In this um, small town near Montreal in Canada, they have seen success, and they, they got this from um, a similar setup in Europe, where instead of it just saying, you're going too fast, 34 miles per hour or whatever, it'll actually turn on a red light. So it almost becomes like a makeshift traffic light, and it doesn't turn green until you're going the speed limit. So, okay. that, so that red light behaviorally forces the driver to slow down or stop because whenever you see a red light, generally speaking, right, you you know to press the brake of your car. It's just almost instinctual. Well, and it also takes away the advantage to going super fast, right? So if the t- speed limit is 35 and you're going 50 and you are, again, outside of the realm of people who are just running red lights, which we'll get to in a moment, but right, if you're, if you're going too fast and you think, I, I'm in a hurry here, it's actually counterproductive right? because this will disallow you from progressing yeah. on your route. Yeah, so it forces you to stop if it puts up that red light. So now if you slow down, it might put it to green right away, depending on where they have these set up, whether it's set up to an intersection or just its own separate uh, radar gun area. But it is a way to change the behavior modification of a person. Well, I think that's effective for a driver like you or me or various others who just sometimes lose track or maybe you're running late and we all have done that, like... I'm driving a little faster than I should, but it's okay because I'm a careful driver, right? We're all a little bit guilty of that. Like the, I can't believe that guy was on his phone while driving, and there you are. No, just real quick. (laughs) I just got to check his text. We could all be probably a little bit more, a little bit safer behind the wheel, and I think it mitigates that type of behavior. But at the same time, is that what we're talking about here? And I heard something from the scene of this vigil the other night from family members, from people who were in grief, that I don't think I've heard, at least to the volume, that we need to hear. I want you to listen here for what you hear and what you don't hear from uh, some of the family members at the scene. It wasn't a mistake. It was just somebody being careless, stupid, and not following rules. Everybody got to follow rules. Rules are made for a reason. So that's the child, the one-year-old's great-grandfather, speaking out in the TMJ4 report, too. I asked you to listen for what you hear and what you don't hear. And you did not hear, there's not enough for young people to do, or we need more driver's ed classes, or a bunch of excuses. You heard it wasn't a mistake, it was someone being careless. You heard someone finally starting to call out the actual behavior. So please, please, think before you act. We all have to take more responsibility and talk to our loved ones and hold each other accountable not to be driving around out here recklessly because this is one of the most dangerous cities to drive in. And so another family member speaking out there, again, what you did not hear was call for traffic calming measures or better lighting or bumping out the curbs or whatever this red light camera is or speed bumps. You heard calls for responsibility and accountability. You heard Families need to talk to each other. We need to care for each other. Take this into your home. That's the component that I think has been missing from so many of these conversations. And in fairness to our city leaders, the mayor and the common council and others, 
Okay, they're not in charge of what happens inside someone's household. So what they can do is talk about red light cameras and speed bumps and traffic calming. That's what that's what's under their purview. But you need more leaders like that to also start talking about the behavior because guess what? It finally filtered down to the street level. These are the people who have been affected by it. They've lost loved ones, multiple loved ones in one crash, five dead and six. If you add the other accident in a single night, finally, they're starting to say we're the ones being impacted by this and we know what will change it. Behavior, accountability, responsibility. I think that's the only way this thing changes. And you can add all the other measures that we've talked about. And I'm not, you, you call me out on this once in a while, and rightly so. You're like, what's this hurting then? Oh, oh right. right. No, I get it. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not like putting up the radar thing is going to hurt anything. Right. It won't. The red cameras, you could argue, would, would help and assist in some way. So every little bit helps in some way. But I hear your point. Yeah, and so I wouldn't, I think you and I sort of agree on that. Okay, fine. The don't not do some of these other things. That's fine. Do them or don't do them. I'm almost agnostic on that. What I know is going to cure the real problem is when people start taking responsibility for their actions. And that, to me, is where it's at. And to hear these family members now out there saying exactly that, it's going to take a lot more of those types of voices. And that needs to filter up to City Hall, from City Hall on down. That needs to get sent up to city leaders, mirroring what they're hearing from their own neighborhoods, from their constituents. We need people to behave we need people to take responsibility for their actions. Sadly, it took another tragedy on the roads to get us a little bit closer to that. 818 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Just about 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We do have a couple of texts coming in the Old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620. Old National Bank get old. I guess we can go through a few of them, Eric, but you know, my issue in talking about the reckless driving over and over and over again, and when you have six dead in a single night, that brings it back to a level that it's not at in fairness every night. So it bears walking through and giving you that information. But beyond that, like what more? What more is there still left to say? What makes this one so unique from over the weekend is that the woman driving was the godmother of the toddler who was in the car. There are other teenagers in the car as well. And, and it's so tragic. And to hear that so many were ejected from the vehicle, you wonder whether or not seatbelts were being worn. There's so many Can't things have been, here. Right. There's so many things here that could have that could have prevented this. And I and I understand their concerns about what about the decision to have your children in the hands of someone who obviously is capable of acting so irresponsibly, who's not going to have them in seatbelts, who's going to have them out near midnight on a Sunday night into Monday, a lot of young people in that vehicle. So there are a lot of other questions to be asked about that. But it's nice at least to hear people starting to talk about the root of the problem, which is this is reckless behavior. And install all the traffic calming measures you want. It's not going to fix that. Speaking of those traffic calming measures, so I was telling you about how this uh, small town near Montreal has these like radar gun signs. We've all seen them where it flashes like 35, 35. You're going too fast now, 40. It'll like even say on there sometimes too fast. And it could be on residential roads by schools. I've seen them all over the place. I will admit that's been effective for me. Yeah, and I wouldn't consider worked. myself a reckless driver, but from time to time we all get distracted or we're driving faster than we should be. And when I see one of those, like, ooh, 
Didn't so, know I was doing that. So now, well, what this this community does is that actually has a red light and a green light attached to it. So if it's red, then you have to slow down to drive through there, right? So it's actually changing and modifying behavior of the driver because they're seeing a red light there. Now, obviously, uh, we're getting texts about it. I know that there have been stories of people blowing through red lights, so I get it. But they're trying, you know, as a way to modify and slow someone down. We just got this hex from the 920. I lit up one of those signs this morning on the way to work. It flashed <laughs> red and blue lights at me. It got my attention. Okay. So and it probably got this texture to slow down, too. And not all reckless driving is the matter of intentionally criminal behavior. We do focus on that, and it is the worst of the kind that's out there here in Milwaukee. But, you know, still waiting for more information about the school bus crash that took the life of... Uh, teenage, a middle schooler. Uh, yeah, middle schooler. In Reedsburg. So that's, that, so that's rural Wisconsin. I mean, that was a, and they're still investigating that, but that was a parked school bus at a resident on like a state highway at a at a driveway. I think the bus was lit up, right? Had the Probably, flashing lights. I, I don't know Somebody that. went around it and there well, was a crash. It, it swerved. It swerved around and actually went to the right of the school bus. This pickup truck hit the school bus, then uh, tragically hit this kid and killed her. That happened Friday morning. So while at epidemic levels, of course, in the city of Milwaukee, it's not unique only to Milwaukee proper or even urban areas. There are idiots everywhere, and it appears that that's exactly what played out there. There may be mitigating circumstances, but that one doesn't look good. No. 826 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight twenty-eight on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up right after the news, we're going to talk with Brendan Conway of We Energies about the Falcons. See, you guys all made fun of me today. I wasn't really bagging on the Falcons. I just said I was not you that were, you interested. Said it in was it. a silly story, and I can't wait. To I tell did not say it was said, silly. I can't believe this is even on TV or in the news at all. Anyone no, I know why it is, because people are interested in those birds. I just that that much I didn't totally get. And I maybe it was more on my radar because Susan, when she and I anchored together at TMJ4, every year we would have the live camera of the Falcons yeah. and we would show that on the news and she just loved it. She live thought it was Nest so Cam. Good. Yep, the Nest Cam and the first the eggs are in there and then the eggs hatch and go. then the babies are in there and she would Oh look, that one's moving or this like what are we looking at here? So I was not that into it. That's all That's all I said. So then, Brendan Conway at We Energies. Now, he and I were both reporters at the time when he was at 12 and I was at 4. So right. we know each other. We're yeah. pals, whatever. He sends me an email. And he's like, I, I can come on and talk to you about the Falcons and the good work we're doing. So and you're like, bah, that is not, dirty birds. Not, that is not what I said. <laughs> I said, yes, okay, I would like to learn more about the Falcons. So Brendan is going to join us coming up. Just after the bottom of the hour news. They're going to ban three of the Falcons today at the plant in Oak Creek. Ban That's why. or ban? ban. No, okay. they're not going to ban the Falcons. <laughs> Nor have I suggested the banning of the Falcons. I'm fine with the Falcons. I heard say he wants those things banned. You're going to hear just how fine I am with the Falcons. Coming up. Thirty-five on Wisconsin's morning news. Okay, so they're going to be banding the Falcons today, Eric. 
Banding. Banding. No one's banning any Falcons. <laughs> not even me. Maybe just the coverage. <laughs> no, so I... That sounds like a chicken. It's a Falcon. I know. I pulled it off the internet. That's the noise the Falcons make. Every year, they have these, these Falcons, they make a nest high up on the tower at the Oak Creek Power Plant. And they lay eggs. And then each year, they put a camera up there. You get to watch the eggs hatch. And people are excited about it. And it actually has a purpose. This has been in, uh, around since the early 90s or so, both in Wisconsin and in Michigan, where... Uh, Since this program began, more than 400 chicks have been born at WPS, so that's Wisconsin Public Service, and uh, We Energy's power plants, both Wisconsin and Michigan. And actually, they say 20% of all peregrine falcons born in the wild in Wisconsin during that time hatched at We Energy's and Wisconsin Public Service facilities, helping the endangered birds escape possible extinction. So all good, right? I, all I said was I wasn't that interested in it. You said I can't stand this story. <laughs> I did not say that. Do you got you got him there, G? Do you want me to punch him up or you got it? All right. Uh, Brendan Conway is with us from We Energies, one of my former colleagues in the TV news business. So, Brendan, I, just on the record, I did not say I didn't like the Falcons. I'm what for I the Falcons. Was, I hate these. What I heard is I hate these amazing animals. Yeah, <laughs> bullseye. That is, that is not what I said. <laughs> I'm glad you're with us today. So a, a couple of questions, and actually, since people knew we were going to talk about this, they've been texting questions in about the program. So I mentioned that it's been around since the early 90s. How did this all start and then get wrapped up in with the power companies? What's the connection there? Yeah, so in the 70s, you know, fertilizers um, that were widely spread, uh, a lot of them had DDT. Um, falcons were, you know, eating things that had fertilizers in there or, or other animals that could eat a lot of birds. Um, and that, what that was doing is basically thinning their shells. So falcons were going extinct. They're actually on, um, you know, so some list of possible extinction. And so falcons like high cliffs near water. Well, there's not a lot of high cliffs in Wisconsin necessarily, at least not in this part, this side of the state, but they have power plants. Um, and so Greg Septon, who is our Falcon manager, and he works across the state in a lot of different uh, capacities, kind of, he, he helped start this thing in the 90s. I mean, he's incredible. Um, and he realized we can put up just nest boxes. Falcons will naturally migrate there. And that started coming back. So 1992, it started. And it's just been this incredible, I mean, this is the fastest animal in the world. 200 miles an hour, they can dive. Um, they really are just an, an incredible animal, incredible species. And they're around probably singularly because of Greg Septon and his work to bring them back. Well, and so people are interested in it. And over the years, then you've innovated. So to let more people into what you're doing with the camera up there and all that, do you know or do they know? Is it the same falcons that come back and nest in, in Oak Creek every year and in these other spots? Or is it just whoever shows up first? So they do know, and that's interesting. So that's one of the things we're doing today. So we're, we're banding them. So they get little bitty, little bit bands, and then we name them. That's part of the fun part of it. Um, and so, but that bands allows them to be tracked. So Falcons, they, they do tend to go across the world. Um, but year after year, they're unique that they do tend to come back. Actually, this year, uh, sometimes there's a bit of a fight. So the males will fight over coming back, and whatever that male wins will tend to then um, nest there maybe for a number of years at this Oak Creek site. Um, I don't remember exactly how many years, but it's been the same two pair who have been coming back year after year, giving birth to the same or giving birth and then coming back the following year. Oh, They're sweet. Really so animals. fight night. That's yeah. what I want to see. Can we get a camera on that? <laughs> <laughs> if you watch our, if you do watch the cameras, when they feed the, the chicks, yeah. 
they come back with pretty large birds. I mean, falcons will, will basically go and snatch other birds out of the air, and then they will bring them back oh. and they feed them to the chicks. So it's a little bit gruesome sometimes if you're looking, um, but it's nature. <laughs> and that's how it's, you know, we don't normally see Look it, away, children. <laughs> well, are there ways, Brennan, to be able to see the birds even when they're not in the nest? Are there general areas where they tend to go? I know you said they go everywhere, but are there some spots along the shore in southeast Wisconsin where it's easier to spot them? Well, I think that's one of the reasons that people get so into this is falcons. I mean, you don't see falcons around too often. First of all, they, they like to they like cliffs and high, and high areas, so you're not going to see them around too much. Um, and you tend just to not to see them around. I mean, birds of prey are, are unique in that way. You don't see birds of prey around very often. So that's what is so neat about this is you get to actually see them kind of in an element that you normally never would. You might get lucky and see them. They're sometimes photographed. Um, but no, it's not so, you, you, you see more common birds more often, let's put it that way. And if you do see a falcon in your backyard, make sure you don't have a small animal out there because, again, they will, uh, they're aggressive, they're strong, they're fast, and, and they're, pretty, they're pretty smart. That's nature, kids. See, he wanted you to see this. All right, you, so you mentioned, Brent, and we're talking with Brendan Conway. Can we get them to attack the seagulls? <laughs> right, no kidding. <laughs> talking with Brendan Conway of We Energies. They're going to be banding three baby chick falcons today. So you mentioned the naming contest, which people do get into. The three chicks here that you're going to band today, Ollie. Well, the, the naming contest I'll mention was you asked folks to submit names of their favorite Wisconsin mascots, so from the colleges. So Ollie would be in honor of Ollie the Owl at Waukesha Tech. You have Ember in honor of Ember the Firebird at Carthage. And then Bucky, of course, from UW-Madison. Now, I mentioned that early in the voting, I saw Norby, my sweet alma mater, St. Norbert College, Norby the Green Knight, was leading in the voting. Now, new information this morning. You said Norby, there will be a chick named Norby? Correct. Yeah, Norby actually won. Uh, Clash, in, in honor of uh, Clash the Titan for UW Oshkosh, was number two. But we're going to give those uh, bird. We're going to give those names to uh, birds in our Weston power plant. Uh, since you know closer, so we, I tried to when we kind of assigned the names to the birds, we tried to pick uh, closest to the school and the location. You know, so for instance, um, Iggy, in honor of uh, the Golden uh, Eagle at Marquette, will be from our Valley power plant, which is right downtown. So, yes, but Norby will be named uh, for the Weston Power Plant. And because the chicks are born or hatched and um, later, it's weather dependent, Weston will actually be probably later this month or maybe even early June. And what's interesting is, so Greg Septon goes up to these plants. It, it, is, it is time to the day. You, you have to shoo away the parents because they will attack you. you got to get the birds before they're too big because if you go up there and too big, they'll attack uh, them. Greg will get gloves. He's very good at it. He brings them down. He protects them. Uh, covers their faces so they don't get too aggressive, puts the bands on, takes a few pictures, and puts them back up to the nest, and humans will never get that close to them again. Okay, so Norby, so is, is Norby hatched yet or no? Norby is, I don't believe Weston is hatched yet. They're a few weeks behind. There might be one bird up uh, there, so I'm not sure Norby is hatched yet. Okay, see, now, Eric, now I'm in. Now I'm going to follow. I want GPS trackers, Brennan, on these little bands, so then we can like see where they're flying around and stuff. That is, you know, that's actually a really good idea. I mean, you, we do get updates occasionally where someone will take a picture of these birders across the world, will snap a picture, they'll zoom in on the band, and there's this whole database that these people are really into this. And so sometimes we'll get updates, hey, you know, so the beak, the beak freak was a very popular one. That was the first naming <laughs> contest that, that we did a few years ago. We named them after kind of historic uh, bucks and brewers players. And the beak freak has been seen around um, the world uh, uh, before. Um, and so it, you do get updates as these birds where they're in. Uh, South America is the farthest one I've I've seen um, 
uh, them found or seen. Brendan Conway from We Energies. All right, my friend, thank you for uh, the added information this morning. And uh, best of luck with your event today. These things are going to be all over TV today, right? You got a big event that you're hosting out there? We've got, got a big event at Oak Creek Plant. And yeah, I mean, people can go to our cameras. Just go to our website, we-energies.com. You can still watch them. I'm, I'm calling up the Weston Power Plant here just to see if any of those are hatches hard to sell. But they, Norby will be named, I promise you, in a few weeks. There you go. See? Uh, thanks, Brendan. Appreciate it. In all seriousness, thanks, uh, thank you for what you're doing uh, there at We Energies and, and helping this population program that's been around for about 30 years right now and very successful. Appreciate it, my friend. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Falcons. So we are sending Finn <laughs> to the big event okay, good. later this morning. By the way, like I still... It would be nice if they would dive bomb some of the Canada geese occasionally <laughs> and get rid of those giant herds that seem to tear up areas. Well, how, do you, how are you going to suggest that to them? You want the band to be like behavioral altering? <laughs> yeah, it's just... I, dee, 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 that look, starts to flash, must very, attack geese. Very plump, mean geese all standing here on this golf course. Why don't you go grab a couple of those? Things are Norby. nasty. <laughs> I'm going to feed on it. Eight forty nine on Wisconsin's morning news. What other animal story was I hating on today? Dogs or the fish? Which one do you want to go with? No, just, okay, real quick. You had the dog story. Everybody wants to bring their dog to the restaurant. It's a was new thing, it? yeah. Where more restaurants are considering okay. for their outdoor patios, allowing people to have their dogs there, which I thought was and already. A your thing, interpretation but... of my comments on that was, I hate all the dogs. <laughs> you would go nuts. <laughs> you would go nuts if all these dogs. I, I'm were not trying there. to be that guy. You you like your dog? That's good for you. All right, well then, how about the fish story? Fish story, I'm so, all in on. Do you remember a couple of I weeks love ago this fish. when I took pictures of my kids on a, 13, a U13 baseball team, and uh, they have a, a pet mascot. It's a fish that they carry around in a little aquarium. It's a real, <laughs> real live goldfish, and it's brought them good fortune and yes, good luck. It has. And I, I took a couple of pictures of it and posted on social a couple of weeks ago on my Twitter account. And uh, Delaney Bry, our friend from TMJ4, reached out to me. And she says, I got to do a story about this fish. See, now it's got the attention of the media. Yes. So it has made it to television. That's right. She did a story on TV about the Stoneman fish. When the Landon Stone men take the field, they look like any ordinary Little League team. But they have a very unusual mascot. Carter just kind of had the idea to get a fish. A spontaneous purchase, yes. We were just out to lunch one day in between games, and like Archer said, there was an aquarium. The team did do some serious recruiting before offering the job to a goldfish. They were the cheapest, so we just decided to go with that in the cheapest tank. After short negotiations with his agent, he was uh, $17.93. Stoney the goldfish suited up for his first game hours later, making a nice first impression. Oh yeah, the first couple games we got him, we were doing really good with him. We had a tournament, it was like our first like game with him and we uh, we went to the championship game. Still tank surfing with his new teammates. A couple of us on the team have fish tanks. Uh, Liam took it the first couple days and then Chase is gonna take it tonight. Plan on Stoney the Goldfish being with the team all season long, as long as he, like any athlete, can stay healthy. I think so, as long as it doesn't die on us. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we're good then. Delaney Bry, 
TMJ. As long as it doesn't (laughs) Doesn't die. die (laughs) Yes, so far, I mean, it's had to brave some different uh, weather conditions and some temperature swings. Because it's in the dugout. Well, just think about that. I just that. saw it last night. It was there. You bring that fish out today, we got the pneumonia front blowing through. It's 80 <laughs> degrees when you show up. It's going to be 50 when you leave. The ice floating on the fish top. Fish is going to go nuts. You can't put a sweatshirt on. So when we had Matt Arnold on, was that last week? So Matt Arnold joins us for Brewers 360. Brewers Senior Vice President and General Manager. And we told him about yes. this fish, about Stony the fish. And he said, actually, that the Brewers have had a fish before, too. We actually had a team fish we named Weecho, which is uh, Luis Urias, which is named after Urias. And uh, got in a little bit of an accident there. And, and actually, during a celebration, got kicked over. Oh. Um, <laughs> and ultimately was saved by the team. It was quite an epic teamwork, uh, team effort to save this fish but during a during a celebration during the playoffs unfortunately Weicho got knocked out of his bowl was put back in and brought back to life it was incredible and he did uh he survived a little bit longer <laughs> he survived a little, a bit, little longer. bit longer so that's the key <laughs> <laughs> just keeping him alive is all we need so who are the kids i heard in that i heard a liam i heard yep. chase and archer yep yep you heard uh august i think was in there too augie was one of those speaking so it sounds like my kid made he he was all excited he made the he made the package Eli Eli's like oh yeah there I am for like about a half a second you see he said it was a long shot of him didn't he yeah, tell he's you? like yeah it's me looking at the camera and it's like well kind of <laughs> from a distance for about the, uh, a fraction of a second yeah, Eli okay. we call that in the business B roll that's all you were your little B roll yeah and then uh, just some other shots of the guys playing yeah in between Just standing that. there looking at each other. <laughs> right, that's what you fish. tell your editor. Yeah, so I got this here, and then I got this kid here, and that kid here, and then and just just some other shots of those guys playing. So <laughs> it's don't tell is. Eli. That's who he was. <laughs> just throwing some other wallpaper there. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad for Stony the fish. He's getting his due now. Do you expect to start fielding calls from the other stations? I, I don't know. I, I'll have to. That story pops up on four. Everybody in the newsroom at twelve is like, "Hey, I got to have that fish." Yeah, who knows? Why didn't we know about this? I'll expect to see it on the Today Show next week. You know, <laughs> we'll have to fly the fish hey, out to New York. <laughs> stranger things have been on the Today Show. Eight fifty three on Wisconsin's Morning News. I think so. As long as it doesn't die on us, I think. Yeah, I think we're good then. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 8.57 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Steve Scafidi takes the rest of the way at 9 a.m. Oh, man, I tell you, so I, you know, this no more May thing. I don't know what you guys are seeing. I took a nice little drive through Cudahy, beautiful city of Cudahy, so South Milwaukee. What's no more May again? You don't mow the whole month? You're trying to, to make the climate environment better for bees so okay. they can pollinate and you can have more bees, which is a good thing. As a grower, I appreciate that. But I, I got to tell you, a live report from Cudahy, well, almost live, because this was over the weekend. It looks like everybody moved. The grass is 10 inches long, and it's still, we got two <laughs> weeks left. What are we doing here? Leave your backyard long, cut your front yard. I don't want to live in a neighborhood that looks like everybody moved out. Business in the front, party in the back. Come on, it's like a haircut. Bees in the back. <laughs> and then I got a bunch of other gripes about eti- lawn lawn care etiquette. It's these aren't hay fields. I know they're the gonna gr- be. Yeah, they're gonna be, especially if you leave your grass growing. Right. But it looks like you're you're gonna eventually come back and bail this stuff because you know if you don't cut it on a regular basis, it gets high, and you leave the rows. These aren't hay fields. These are lawns in a neighborhood where you live with other people. Not acceptable. Either bag it or haul it out of there. 
I always laugh because Steve would go nuts if you lived next to me. Oh my he would go God. crazy if he saw my lawn. Why? Your lawn's fine. Like, it's uh, yeah, not a showpiece like I got, but it's fine. <laughs> it's not, it's not like this. some grass clippings that you actually okay, see. Okay, that's it, fine. It does and, happen. and then on top of that, we have the, you know, the, the one or two times a year where you can just put all your garbage in the front lawn and the city and picks come it, pick up. it up. Yeah, we're doing that right now. It's great. It's like a rummage sale that went bad. It's like boxes and couches. It's like an old play equipment. I don't want to see that. You got people coming through, picking through it, too? Yeah, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the collectors sure. or whatever the heck they're doing. What are they doing with this stuff? Let me tell you something. When we lived in Bayview, I was putting in a patio, and we put this in myself. So pretty young yet. My wife and, and me, our first home, we wanted to build a patio ourselves. This tells you how, how people will find things on the curb. We had a bunch of fill like that we had dug out. It was dirt. I put a sign that said free dirt. It was gone in an hour. People came through. It was like night. They were out there with flashlights. Ooh, free dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Anything <laughs> free. <laughs> Anything free that people Anything pick up. Free. I actually am to the point where I want to I want to put on a green like Batman costume and go people cut people's lawns while they're not home. I, that's what I want. I want to clean this mess up. And I want that for you. Yes. I want you to do that. The only reason I won't because people are getting shot for showing up in people's driveways, so I'm not going to go that far. But I'm worked up about it. Three more hours of that next on WTMJ. Oh.